polio may be making a comeback, and it has many concerned. New York City has found the virus in the sewer system. An unvaccinated 20-something male outside the city has it. And now their governor has called a state of emergency. Polio was a paralytic killer in the 1940s and 50s. I feel the effects even today from post-polio. It was raging when Queen Elizabeth was crowned in 1952. A pastor friend grew up as an MK in Africa. He got it way after it was eradicated in North America. He still can unexpectedly take a tumble, even the time he broke his leg taking the trash out one night. And the concern is that with many opposing any and all vaccinations, this old foe will come back to haunt us. All disease is a result of the fall. You can even call it an effect of sin. One day, disease will end. Christ will reign. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story, and this is the program where we get to talk about Jesus every day. And we're continuing in a series called Royal Faith. Yesterday, there was a commemoration service for Queen Elizabeth in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And later in the program, we'll hear the hymns sung at the closing of that service. A hymn of worship and adoration for our triune God. In a moment, we're going to think about another royal who had faith, King Hezekiah. I think you will be encouraged by his prayer his life, his devotion to the Lord. But first, I want to go back to England. Let's meet up again with author and journalist Catherine Butcher. Catherine, I'm so glad you can be with us again today. I've heard from a few listeners to our program who were concerned that maybe the Queen was not a genuine follower of Jesus. Well, first of all, can you share how the Queen was limited in what she said publicly? But then share with us what she did say about her king. So as a constitutional monarch, the Queen was not able to make laws, but her signature was required to bring, to put law into practice. So the government would often draft her speeches and would write the legislation, but the Queen was the one who had to sign it. To That's how our constitution works. It's very different from your presidential system. But then when the Queen did write her own speeches at Christmas, she was frequently referring to Jesus Christ. So um, in 2002, for example, she said, I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. Like others of you who draw inspiration from your own faith, I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. So she's someone who recognised other people's faith, but she made it very clear that she was celebrating Christmas because of the Prince of Peace. And she said, for me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace is an inspiration and an anchor in my life, a role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or of none. 
So that's just one example. And then she also said, uh, for me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. And Catherine, if I recall correctly, she not only talked about Jesus coming at Christmas, but was very open about her faith in the resurrection. So lots of different ways that she expressed her faith. She said, Christ not only revealed to us the truth in his teachings, he lived by what he believed and gave us the strength to try to do the same. And finally, on the cross, he showed the supreme example of physical and moral courage. So she talked about Jesus. She talked about resurrection. And she was someone who evidently was confident that there was life after death. She she wasn't afraid to, to consider her own mortality. In fact, there's a funny story that the Archbishop of Canterbury would tell. Uh, back in 2015, the Queen came to the General Synod of the Church of England. That's the governing body of the Church of England. And the whole group there sang the national anthem, which has that line, long live our gracious Queen. And as she left the stage with the Archbishop, she said, I think I've lived long enough, don't you? And of course, he couldn't agree with her because that would have been treason. But to be able to joke about your own mortality and seven years ago to be able to say, I think I've lived long enough, is uh, someone who's remarkably at peace with their own destiny. Catherine Butcher, I'm so glad you could join us again here on the program Haven Today. After our time together, I want to share with everyone Catherine's book, and we'd like to send it to you for your gift to the ministry. It's called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. The book is full of colorful photos, rare devotionals written by the Queen, and remarkable stories about her faith in Jesus Christ as she served both Christ and country. I know you'll enjoy this behind-the-scenes look at the Queen's faith like my wife and I have. I really enjoyed the part about how Billy Graham encouraged her faith, and I believe this book will inspire your faith as well. So, when our time's over today, would you call us? Would you make your gift to this listener-supported ministry at 800-65-HAVEN? That's 800-65-HAVEN. And you might even want to get more than one copy from us, as so many have been doing. They've gotten one for themselves, but another to send to someone else. You can also go to our website and look at a preview of the book and make your gift there as well at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with coming out of England, the Coventry Singers. Thank you. 
The hymn, Jesus Shall Reign, by the Coventry Singers here in a haven today called Royal Faith. I'm Charles Morris. What would you do if you knew you were going to die today or very soon? Over last weekend, we were shocked with the news of Queen Elizabeth's passing. We knew her time was near because of her rage. But the news broke so quickly, it felt unexpected. Well, King Hezekiah in the Old Testament went through that. He knew his time was near. But I don't just mean he got really sick and knew he was about to die. The Lord actually sent Isaiah the prophet to tell him he wouldn't get better. And the story didn't end there. Hezekiah knew his time was limited. And even after the Lord answered his prayer, his time was still limited. So are all kingdoms of this earth. The clock is ticking. Only Christ's reign will never end. When we hear about faithful believers like Hezekiah getting sick, realizing his time was near, yet crying out to the Lord, I think we learn a lot about how we should pray. And we learn a lot about where our values lie. Are we trusting in Christ the King? Or are we trusting in our own earthly kingdoms? Hezekiah was not a perfect king by any means nor any of us are perfect by any means. He was a sinner, and we are sinners. But the Bible says he was a good king. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He was a king like David. If you're familiar with the book of Kings, then you know it follows a pattern. The old king would die. He was replaced by the new king. The new king was elevated. And then we hear a story or stories about that king. And then the new king dies, and the cycle starts all over again. Some kings were good, like Hezekiah. Most of the kings were bad, like Jeroboam. The rare glimpses of light in the good kings points us ultimately beyond any earthly ruler to the great king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. The question that this cycle of narratives raises relentlessly for us is this. Is there a ruler that can lead us into peace and security? Is there a ruler, a king, who can finally deliver on all God's promises? And the answer, of course, is no. But it's also yes. No, there is no merely human ruler who can do this. No earthly king or queen or president or prime minister who can bring us into the fullness of the Lord's kingdom. No earthly leader is able. But yes, wonderfully yes, there is a ruler, the Lord himself, who came in the flesh, who leads us, those of us who have faith, into everlasting peace and security. Hezekiah, the good king, is a tiny picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in this way. When he became king, he didn't just remove idol worship from the cities and reinstitute proper worship at the temple. He went into the Bama, as the Hebrew word says it, the special sanctuaries that were sometimes in the hills, but also located within some cities. He tore down all the Bama, all the rival sanctuaries that threatened to lead Israel away from the Lord. He even destroyed the bronze snake that Moses had been commanded in the book of Numbers to make for Israel to heal them, because they had begun to worship that. Hezekiah was serious about the Lord. 
He seriously wanted his people to worship the Lord. But it was hard. Hezekiah became king when the Assyrians were ruling. His passion for the Lord meant he came into conflict with the king of Assyria. And before we even turn to his life of prayer, we learn something. Our faith, our devotion to the Lord Jesus, will challenge our devotion, not just to the Lord, but to our earthly allegiances. Second Kings 18.7, telling us that Hezekiah rebelled against the king of Assyria. He refused to serve him. And by the Lord's grace, this should be us as well. Our allegiance is to the Lord and his kingdom forever. Not first and foremost, our country or our state that we live in. This is how Hezekiah was. And the king of Assyria began to put on the pressure. He sent a message to Hezekiah, a warning. Don't resist me. And here's what the king of Assyria said to him. Surely you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? You get the point. The king of Assyria had as much faith in the God of Israel as did the gods of all the other surrounding nations that they had laid to waste. It's a powerful but arrogant statement. The Assyrian king would never have said that had he known who the Lord of Lords really was. Just like Paul so many years later would say of those who crucified our Lord Jesus, if they had known, they would not have killed the Lord of glory. Pure arrogance. And it's here that we get our first glimpse into Hezekiah's life of prayer. And we see his realization that earthly kingdoms are temporary. Only the Lord of Lords is king forever. After praising the Lord and acknowledging that he is the Lord over all kingdoms of the earth, Hezekiah prayed, It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, our God. The Assyrians may have destroyed other nations, and the gods of those nations may not have delivered them, but Hezekiah knew that those gods were merely idols, idols made of wood and stone, and idols cannot save anyone. Only the Lord can. Hezekiah knew that, so he prayed that. And he didn't just pray for strength to get through the opposition. Too often in my own life, maybe you can say this as well, I simply accept that I'm in a hard time and I pray simply to get by. But Hezekiah challenges us there as well. He shows us that we can pray and we can expect the Lord of Lords to not only give us strength, but to deliver us. Yes, our time on this earth is limited, but the Lord is here with us to strengthen us day by day. We can pray for his deliverance. Hezekiah was a political leader in a political conflict, but his prayers weren't about politics or hanging on to earthly power. They were about worship. Hezekiah showed us in his prayer that our allegiance should be to the Lord first and foremost. And amazingly, the Lord of Lords answered. But the answer is a bit surprising. Remember that the Lord had sent Isaiah to tell Hezekiah he was going to die? He had fallen ill. 
and the Lord said he would not recover. I don't know about you, but I would have accepted my fate at that point. But Hezekiah did not. Again, he prayed to the Lord. He prayed that the Lord would remember how faithful he had been. That might sound a bit arrogant. But the point that Hezekiah is making is this. His sickness was not a result of some sin he had committed. He knew the Lord was not punishing him for something he had done. So he prayed for the Lord to deliver him. And the Lord answered. The Lord said not only would Israel be delivered from the oppressive hand of the Assyrians, but Hezekiah would live to see it done. Hezekiah, the righteous king, was as good as dead, but the Lord brought him back and into victory. Sound a bit familiar? It sounds like our Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Only he wasn't on the verge of death. Christ actually did die for us. And the Lord raised him from the dead in victory. And now we turn to him and we trust in him to sustain us now and deliver us ultimately from the brokenness of this fallen world. The grass withers, the flower fades, kingdoms and rulers will come and go, but Christ, our King, will reign forever. Would you join me in prayer right now? O Lord, In heaven, every one of us knows we live in troubled times. We look back on the life of Queen Elizabeth, a human being, at a special place, at a special time. We look back to the kings from the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, a king like Hezekiah. And we realize whether we are a king or a nobody like me, that we are nothing, nothing apart from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord of lords, who rules over all, who reigns even now, but who is coming back to retrieve his own, there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and King Jesus will reign here too. We long for that. We look forward to that. And we do that in light of the cross of Christ dying for our sins. Lord, keep us safe. Keep us close to you. And we pray this now in the name of King Jesus. Amen.
choirs of Belfast Cathedral, Ian Barber and Philip Stopford. Oh, Christ the same. The final lines, O Lord of love, for all our joys and sorrows, for all our hopes when earth shall fade and flee. O Christ the same, beyond our brief tomorrows, we bring our thanks for all that is to be. Sung at Queen Elizabeth's commemoration service yesterday in Belfast, Northern Ireland. The passing of Queen Elizabeth is not just the end of a human life, but the end of an era. Elizabeth served her nation as a teenager in World War II, crowned as queen in the early 1950s, and then over her seven-decade reign, she saw the world change fast all around her. But the legacy she left behind is the same all of us should aspire to. I was a man or woman who served Jesus because he served me first. And that's why I'd like you to have this new book written by Catherine Butcher, who we spoke with earlier in the program, A Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. It's filled with numerous photos and rarely seen prayers written by Elizabeth, a book pointing to her vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. I think you'll be blessed to read through and look at this glossy covered book and reflect back on her life. I also believe it will inspire you to live boldly for Jesus, no matter your calling. And you can also get an extra copy or two to share with others. So call us right now. Our number to call is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or check out some of the sample pages from A Faithful Queen and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's hard to think about other people when you're hurting, and intense physical pain often makes it very hard to speak at all. And yet Jesus, hanging on the cross, was able to do both. The weight of the sin of the world was dwarfing his physical pain, an agony beyond our ability to understand. And yet Christ was able to look down at his mother and his disciple John and say, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. In the midst of his pain, Jesus was aware of theirs and spoke out of concern. What a picture of the immense love of Jesus. And today that same Jesus wants to spend time with you. Invest in your walk with Jesus through Anchor Devotional. Try it out at GetAnchor.com.